0: what's up everybody welcome to kind of funny games daily for friday april 16th 2021 i'm one of your hosts greg miller alongside the busiest lady in the business andrea renee
1: What's good, Greg?
0: Uh, You're going to be a mom. That's what's good, Andrea. How does it feel to finally be able to tell the world you are pregnant?
1: It feels so good. Brittany and I have been holding that secret for a very long time. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, (laughs) to say the least. Uh, Ladies (laughs) and gentlemen, if you missed it, of course, What's Good Games celebrating their fourth anniversary this week. And uh, they announced two new members of What's Good Games, both Andrea uh, having a baby and Brittany having a baby. Uh, It's very nice of you guys to time it out together for a good PR beat. I appreciate that.
1: You know, we wanted to go at it with as most impact as possible. And when we finally told each other about you know our our big news, we kind of had this moment where we were like, oh, so how are we going to do this?" You know, like you know because sometimes these announcements can be really personal to people and they sure. have like a grand plan for how they want to do it. And so I wanted to make sure that, you know, Brittany had her moment, if that's what she and Jason wanted, and she was totally down to announced together which i thought was really fun so we kind of were like what are we going to do for our photos and as people who are fans of what's good games know we have merch in our store and a saying that we talk about all the time called baby ass baby mode and we actually sell that merch as a baby onesie in the what's good store and so she ordered a blue one and i ordered a pink one And then she had the idea for the I Miss Whiskey shirt. And then she's like, well, you obviously have to get a matching shirt that says I Miss Wine. (laughs) And I was like, I do miss wine. I miss wine a lot.
0: (laughs) So for people who don't know, give us the rundown. Uh, When's the baby due? What's happening with what's good?
1: Sure. So Brittany is due in the middle of May. And I'm due at the end of June. And we're officially going on hiatus um, the week before E3. So I am fully intending, if I'm up for it, to do a show with Steimer the week of E3, and to hopefully do some live reactions, and uh-huh. even Brittany's like, "I'm gonna be there too," and I'm like, well, we'll "You see. probably won't," <laughs> <laughs> but, that's okay. but that's okay. I like I like where your head's at, um, but we didn't want to commit to those because obviously we don't know what's going to happen. Because for people who are unfamiliar with how pregnancy works, anytime after the 37-week mark, you're considered full-term. Though first-time moms like Brittany and myself generally deliver after their due date. The average, in fact, is eight days late for first-time moms, which is like excruciating mentally because you're like, I just need to get this thing out of me. (laughs) Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling? How is it right now being pregnant?
1: Um, You know, it's been really challenging. Obviously, people saw that I had a really serious surgery last month, and it was very much more complicated than I was publicly able to say at the time. Mm-hmm. Because of my pregnancy, doing that surgery is really intense if you're perfectly healthy, but... At the time, I was six months pregnant, and they had to do the surgery completely around my uterus with the risk that they might have to deliver early. And So it was very scary. Um, And the hard part about my recovery being pregnant is now I'm at the time where I'm getting, like, very large. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, everything's stretching. Everything hurts. And I have this giant incision. Literally, the incision is, like, the span of my my hand down the middle of my abdomen that's actively stretching but also trying to heal back together yeah it's not great but overall i'm in good spirits i'm much better i'm eating solid foods though i'm still rocking a lot of this stuff um, which is what i'm drinking to try to gain back some of the weight that i lost in the hospital
0: We love you so much, Andrew. We're obviously incredibly uh, happy for you, but more importantly, we're happy you're still around because, I mean, that was a scary time for all of us. Are you ready to talk about some video game stuff?
1: I am so ready. I even brought out my my KFGD shirt for today because it still fits.
0: Of course it does. Uh, Yeah, How stretched is it?
1: Well, the good news Uh, about you guys is merch. It's all unisex. Oh, right. So it's kind
0: of roomy anyways. Yeah, yeah, no problem. problem. Uh, Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about the NPD numbers being in and nothing being able to stop Spider-Man Miles Morales, plus the Resident Evil recap and IO Studios having a new studio because this kind of funny games daily each and every weekday on a variety of platforms we run you through the nerdy video game news you know about if you like that be part of the show over at patreon.com slash kind of funny games of course on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can ask us your questions you can be part of the show you could be a patreon producer you can get the show ad free and you can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekend all or weekday all on patreon.com slash kind of funny games and of course if you got no bucks toss our way it's no big deal you to go over to twitch.tv slash kind of funny games just like kebabs on tv our travis warren is logan hardy one r of course if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games you have a special job go to kind of slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday housekeeping for you believe it or not 2021 is an insane year where anything can happen and nothing needs to make sense so the kind of funny x cast went up live early with its review so far of playstation's mlb the show so you can go over to (laughs) youtube.com slash kind of funny games you can go to your podcast service of choice catch uh barrett paris snowbike mike and gary talking about the brand new show that just came out there from playstation on xbox who knows what the hell's happening uh of course it's a huge day for internet content for us at kind of funny over on youtube.com slash kind of funny you're about to get the falcon and soldier uh winter soldier reactions uh and then invincible coming in hot as well of course you can get both those on the reaction podcast feeds which tim says have been rebuilt i believe so go give a heart a like a share a review all that jazz or get it on youtube.com slash kinda funny thank you to our patreon producers mick aka at the nanobiologist tom bach trent berry and black jack today we're brought to you by purple mattress and burrow but i'll tell you about that later for now Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. I got six items on the Roper Report. Uh, We will start with the one, the only Jeffy Grub Grub over at gameSpeed where he's talking about NPD numbers of course for March 2021. Uh, let's talk about first off the top 10 games on the list over here number one Call of Duty, Black ops Cold War number two Monster Hunter rise number three outriders. Outriders, the game that was free over on Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> number four, Super Mario 3D World. Number five, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, which we will talk about in a second. Number six, Mario Kart 8. Number seven, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number uh, number seven, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number eight, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number nine, Super Mario 3D All Stars. And number ten, Minecraft. Minecraft,
1: Andrew- what? I was going to say, at first (laughs) glance,
0: does anything catch you off guard? Minecraft, okay. (laughs) I mean, and
1: Mario Kart 8. I mean, at least with Minecraft, you know, they do periodic content drops that will bring a wave of new people back to the platform. Yeah. Or you'll get people buying it on a platform that they haven't bought it before. But, I mean, that game is just going strong. But Mario Kart 8? Like, that that's really kind of coming out of nowhere.
0: It's it's coming out of nowhere in the way it's been there forever, right? Like you look at it there, it's number six. It's pumped up, but it's also number nine, right? It was in the top ten the the month before as well. For uh, eight, uh geez, I'm bad at math backwards. February, uh, and I think jumping ahead here in Jeffy Grub Grub's report, of course, where he talks to friend of the show Matt Piscatella, an NPD analyst. But jumping down here, when it comes to software, Switch is still one of the biggest stories. Nint- Nintendo published seven of the top twenty selling games again in March. Seven of the top 20 highest selling games in March were published by Nintendo. Uh, both monster hunter rise, both monster hunter rise is a switch exclusive and crash bandicoot four is back in the top 20. Thanks to a switch version. Uh, you know i think whenever we get to this point uh andrea in terms of man playstation xbox they're got they got brand new consoles out there you expect them to be dominating the charts but then there's this continued conversation of how hard it is to get a playstation 5 how hard it is to get a series x right and you see that i think uh, here as uh jeff goes on right and he's like while playstation 5 and xbox are building up an audience nintendo is cashing in on a very successful generation uh, we have a quote then from piscatella talking about monster hunter rise on switch monster hunter rise did debuted as as March's second bestseller while also ranking first on Switch. With just one month on the market, lifetime sales of Monster Hunter Rise rank second among all Monster Hunter franchise releases, trailing only Monster Hunter World. Worth pointing out, even if you don't care about Monster Hunter, they sell. And so the fact that you're talking about one month here for Monster Hunter Rise already putting in second place behind Monster Hunter World, which was the breakout one, that's redonkulous, Andrea. You're getting into crazy town already.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think we have to really credit Monster Hunter World for some of Monster Hunter Rise's success. Of course. Obviously, Monster Hunter World was the first installment of that franchise that was multi-platform on console. And Monster Hunter Rise really modeled more after the series' handheld roots. So mm-hmm. we knew that it was going to do well, but I don't think anybody particularly anticipated it doing You know, second in the franchise, well, especially considering just how large the install base was for the 3DS versions of the Monster Hunters that came out on that platform.
0: And I'm not even even joking around PSP. You killed on (laughs) PSP back in the day, too. Like, that was the game that's especially in Japan, so many people had it for.
1: Absolutely. But I mean, when you look at raw numbers, I think, you know, a lot of people played it on Nintendo platforms specifically. And we've seen the Switch have a really impressive attach rate for almost any piece of software that comes out on it. And so I think it's great. Congrats to Capcom. I haven't really dove into Monster Hunter Rise because when I played the demo, something about it just wasn't quite sitting with me the way that monster hunter world did i almost just felt like if i wanted to play monster Hunter, i would just go back back and play more world
0: yeah yeah you Um, know kevin jen and i were all huge on monster hunter world and enjoyed it for a, a while and then fell off and we by the time we ever tried to come back for expansions it was like wait what was i doing and what armor was i grinding and so on and so forth and so monster hunter rise coming up i'd like oh i don't know if i'm back in the mood for a monster hunter or a portable monster hunter and i do think two things happen number one i think i would have been in more open to it if we were non-pandemic and we were going to the office if i had a commute if you know kevin and i were killing time at lunch or in between shows or something we wanted to go do a hunt i could see that getting me but that paired with the fact that Outriders hit and scratched the itch that I, had for, that I had for Monster Hunter of let's go grind, let's go do this thing, let's get up on difficulty, let's go try to get legendaries, and I know that's not the same as Monster Hunter, but you understand what I'm saying in terms of grinding out for gear and trying to get a better thing, but I was talking to IG and Zach Ryan about it, and he's over the moon in it, and some of the stuff he was talking about in terms of um, traversal and the way they've simplified that and the tools they've given you made me definitely want to try it, so it's still on my two playlist, but I want to platinum Outriders first, so I still have some time.
1: Oh, yeah, the mount system that they added that was part of the DLC for Iceborne, I believe, that Mm -hmm. they added into Rise is so much nicer. It's sad though, because like I missed my Palico, because you can only, you know, pick one or the other, but it's just, you know, riding your little dog friend around is so convenient. (laughs)
0: Uh, I want to stick here and talk a little bit more about this switch because we're talking about how oh my gosh it's crazy to see when you look at the you know seven in the top 20 let alone looking at the top 10 and seeing Super Mario 3D World number four Mario Kart number six Animal Crossing number eight Super Mario 3D All-Stars number nine right Uh, we're still of course reading over on VentureBeat video game hardware sales were up 47% in March according to industry tracking firm the NPD Group. That growth comes despite a surge in sales that began last year due to the start of the pandemic stay-at-home orders. And while the Switch continues to fuel those sales, so does the Xbox and especially the PlayStation 5. The Switch, which continues to sell out despite higher availability compared, led the month. Quote, Nintendo Switch has the best-selling hardware platform in both units and dollars during the month of March, said Piscatella. In the first quarter, Nintendo Switch was the unit sales leader, while PlayStation 5 ranked first in hardware dollar sales. While we're here, we'll toss this in. PlayStation 5 is the fastest-selling console in U.S. history in both unit and dollar sales through lifetime sales with five months on the market. So obviously not lifetime, but lifetime for five months. For now, Microsoft and Sony continue to sell nearly every console that they make, and these sales would certainly be higher if they could produce more systems. Obviously, you know all that, but in terms of Switch's continued dominance, it's just this ridiculous thing of the people who still are like, I haven't picked up a Switch, and go and pick up a Switch and pick up the same games pick up the ones we just talked about and breath of the wild but mario kart at the top of the list and i forget who uh kind of slash you're wrong go ahead and shout it out somebody put it up in our article overnight or maybe last yesterday afternoon that was just talking about like the dominance of mario kart 8 means you are not getting another mario kart 8 anytime soon which sucks andrea i want a new mario kart
1: i know i was tweeting at doug bowser from Nintendo about kind of wish list items for their E3 involvement. Obviously, they're one of the major publishers who came forward mm-hmm. and said, hey, we will be making a presentation during E3 with the ESA. And I was like, Mario Kart 9? Huh? It's time. It's totally and of fine. course, he didn't respond. But um, it, didn't. it makes sense that, you know, Nintendo is going to milk their old franchises. They, they've done this historically. Yeah. And I think, you know, the... Big death of Mario that everybody was making memes about when peace. they pulled those games from the store obviously impacted their position on the NPD chart here. People saying, Oh, I want to make sure to buy them before they Got pull you. them from the charts. But yeah, um, I'm holding out hope that Mario Kart is going to do something new and not just do like another like deluxe part two or whatever. Yeah,
0: well, you know, the 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 hope would be, right, this Switch Pro, this improved Switch, whatever you want to call it. But the one that we've seen Bloomberg reporting on a bigger screen, you know, the, uh, the crazy stuff that's predictive, whatever, to make it 4K. I forget the name of it off the top of my head, kind of slash you wrong me. Uh, but it is that idea of like, you know, the conversation around that is that it'll be – games going forward that truly see the benefit of it. And so you figure if you're going to put out a new version of the switch that people need to run and buy, what games are you announcing for that? And so clearly breath of the wild Two is going to be there and that'll be leading the charge at launch. You assume just like it did on the first switch, but then right behind it, you have to have some kind of Mario Kart eight, right? And you hope to your point, you just made that it isn't Mario Kart eight deluxe enhanced. <laughs> it's just, it yeah. runs way better and does all these like, Oh my God, please don't do that. Give us something new.
1: Yeah. I, it's tough because, like, while I think that we're definitely due for a mainline Mario new installment, I also know that Nintendo could easily just point to Breath of the Wild 2 and be like, this is our new game for the new mm-hmm. system, and we don't need anything other than that. And they're not wrong.
0: No, <laughs> no, don't. no. I, yeah, for me, it's a, a longer tail thing of, like, okay, you put it yeah. out, and then what do you have in the next year, year and a half to get out there? And you hope that's where you see stuff. I mean, we're getting Mario Golf this year, so I can't be too picky, Yes, too yes,
1: we are. You know Very I mean? Come exciting. Come on now, let's
0: go. Uh, to round out this before we talk about more game sales but a very specific game, uh, video game sales continue to grow as the pandemic drags on, according to the industry tracking firm, the NPD Group. Uh, the March 2021 NPD Game Report is the first time that a year-over-year comparison will take early stay-at-home orders into effect. Quote, March 2021... Cons- 2021 consumer spending across video game hardware, content, and accessories reached a March record of 5.6 billion dollars. Piscatella said that is 18 percent higher than when compared to a year ago. First quarter consumer spending totaled 14.9 billion dollars, 30 percent higher than the 2020's first quarter. Jeffy Grubgrub jumps in and says that makes sense considering the pandemic, which boosted spending on video games, didn't get started in earnest until late March. This year also has an, this year also has the new hardware from Sony and microsoft it's just closing our thread on that one uh and you're wrong of course you're wrong aficionado the nanobiologist writes in and points out to me thank you it was mike minotti over at venturebeat who wrote uh mario kart 8 deluxe's continued sales dominance is bad news for mario kart 9 hopes but maybe just like jeffy grub grub mike will be wrong and we'll get something over there but i digress now let's stay in this npd system all right talking about all these games talking about all these sales ones here's one that i I hadn't been paying attention to and it's it's clear as day and i didn't see it coming uh i'm going from benji sales over on twitter who's extrapolating off of the same uh, npd charts that jeffy grub grub is and we are right now but basically it goes like this you can't stop spider-man miles morales spider-man miles morales has already outsold both the last of us part two and ghost of tsushima lifetime in the united states despite launching months later this is still benji sales i can't even imagine the sales numbers that spider-man 2 is going to put up at launch spidey 1 did 3.3 million in three days Miles Morales has an incredible attach rate to PlayStation 5 consoles, and as I've been reporting on here, it's leading extraordinary it's leading to extraordinary legs. As more consoles uh, sell, so does Spidey. Been a top 5 seller in the US every month for the last 5 months. Insane success story for Insomniac. Where uh, Benji's extrapolating this from is the top 10 best-selling games of the last 12 months. They go like this. Number 1, and this is from NPD, so it's updated for this month. Uh, Number 1, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number 2, Madden NFL 21. Number 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number 4, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number 5, Marvel Spider man miles morales number six animal crossing new horizons number seven the last of us part two number eight ghost of tsushima number nine super mario 3d all-stars and of course number 10 mario kart 8 deluxe hell yeah like i love spider-man miles morales andrea i had such a good time with that i didn't realize it was doing this well i just kind of had read through it and not not paid attention to it in terms of sony's roster of exclusives
1: to me i don't find this surprising at all obviously you know spider-man was the number one selling record-breaking highest gross sales of all time for a PlayStation exclusive and Spider-Man miles. Morales obviously built on the success of that game. A lot of the, you know, mechanics of the games are very similar crossover characters, all of that. The game itself was excellent. And I'm really glad to see that even though it wasn't as large of a game experience, that people are still really gravitating toward it and loving it. If you think about what's available to play on your PS5 that is not a PS4 backwards compatible game, I mean, the list still isn't that big when we're looking at AAAs specifically. AAA, PS5
0: games, yeah, for sure.
1: Right, so that are specifically like a PS5 game. And this, to me, is an easy sell if you're... Somebody working behind the counter at a GameStop, and somebody comes in and says, You know, I'm here to pick up my PS5 that I mm-hmm. managed to mm-hmm. somehow get <laughs> an order for. What do I buy? It's like, obviously, the number one game you recommend is Spider Man Miles Morales. Yeah. I mean, because Astrobot is already, you know, it's already there. In the- <laughs> Don't worry <about> it. yeah. <laughs> it's stashed, it's for yeah. free. Um, and so, this is great to hear. I think that it bodes well for Insomniac. Not that they need to worry because now they're under the umbrella. Sure. Of, well, I mean, I think Sony wants to make so. sure they
0: pay that. That that investment paid (laughs) off, right? Of acquiring. Well, Marvel's over there
1: counting their money, being like, "Yeah, Uh you know, we oh, Avengers didn't do well. What do
0: we care?" And yeah, Yeah. you know, this also speaks to the strategy that Sony got a lot of grief for, but putting Miles Morales out on PS5 and PS4 and having it out there so wherever you wanted to get it, you could get it because obviously. You look at launch games and attach rates, sure, those are fine, but they're never going to be anywhere near the, you know, 114 million PS4s out there, right? Right. And so even when you look over then to, you know, list of best-selling PlayStation 4 video games, I'm just pulling this from Wikipedia, uh, you know, to date, it's like, number one, Grand Theft Auto 5, number two, Uncharted 4, number three, Black Ops 3, number four, Red Dead Redemption 2, number five, Call of Duty World War 2, and then number six, Marvel Spider-Man, in front of God of War, in front of FIFA, in front of Witcher, in front of Horizon Zero Dawn, and Last of Us Remastered, and yeah, da like- it's awesome to see that a game I think so many people bristled at it in the front because they weren't 100% sure, is this DLC, is this an added mode to Spider-Man, what's it going to be? I love the fact that Insomniac did a smaller game to get it out faster. I, I would do this every time like i i wish they were treating their games in a, in a way and not that i'm not excited for a big you know 30 hour spider-man 2 campaign but i love the idea of similar to comics here's here's a story we want to tell here's what it is and we're going to hand it over to you and you get to go through and do it and you know they made harlem feel so alive they made uh it feel so different to play him rather than peter like i had such a great time with that and i'm glad it's connecting because i just don't feel like it gets talked about enough
1: i think you're absolutely right and i I think also something that people just conveniently forget because we're, like, such in our gaming bubble here is that Spider-Man is arguably one of the most popular superheroes in the world. Inarguably,
0: I think. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah,
1: clearly, like, in the top three, if we're talking, like, Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, right, Iron Man, like, all of the man, the dash man's... (laughs) I think that that absolutely has, you know, propelled Spider-Man Miles Morales to being, you know, a bigger sale uh, getter than things like Kratos and God of War or Ghost of Tsushima, you know, with Jin, who's an unknown, right? Like brand new IP. That's always going to be a hard sell, despite the fact that that game still did very well and is an amazing game. Yeah. But I mean The Last of Us Part Two was never going to beat Spider Man in sales. It's just it's not. It's a piece of art and it's a very specific kind of game and it's a very dark and gritty game that just doesn't speak to a lot of gamers. But Spider Man, everybody loves Spider Man. Of
0: course they do. And they should. And they should love Miles too.
1: Yeah. Get out exactly. of here if you don't mind. Well, like well, I mean he is Spider Man, so
0: Exactly. Uh, number three on the Roper Report we're going to do a Resident Evil event recap this is from Adam Bankhurst over at IGN.com if you didn't know yesterday there was a little Resident Evil event talking about a whole bunch of different Resident Evil games hosted by the one the only Brit, Brom Bakker is, is, is she just uh, <laughs> over, over the moon every time that this is her life now that she gets to do this for a franchise she loves so much Andrea
1: oh it was such a fun day when she finally got to tell us that that's what she was working on because in our Shared calendar for what's good. There was like all of these like secret things like blocked off. And then she was finally able to tell us when the announcement went live because she didn't tell us before the announcement went public uh, because they had her on a pretty intense NDA, obviously. But yeah, I mean, it's a it was a dream for her to be able to work with them. And she was really worried that they were going to not want to keep working with her after you know she got more pregnant very <laughs> pregnant. but she said that Capcom was amazing to work with and they had absolutely no problem you know working around her and, and the pregnancy and I thought that that was really great to hear and yeah she obviously had a great time so
0: Fantastic. Uh, Obviously, you can watch it on demand if you haven't already to go see the games, but instead we'll go to Adam Bankhurst right now for text, uh, like I said, at IGN. Uh, Number one here, uh, Resident Evil 4 VR was announced for Oculus Quest 2. Capcom has announced that Resident Evil 4 is getting a full VR port for the Oculus Quest 2. This version of RE4 will be in first person and with more details to be revealed on the April 21st uh, during the Oculus Games Showcase. I butchered that sentence, Adam didn't, that was me, sorry. A short gameplay teaser. Show things like Leon holding weapons, interacting with a virtual attache case, and using a virtual hand crank for one of the puzzles. (laughs) Andrea, are you excited for a VR Resident Evil 4?
1: No. I am terrified (laughs) of of that idea. I did not come within 10 feet of re7 on vr wow. even though everybody sang its praises wow. and was like this game is amazing in vr i was like you know <laughs> listen it's enough that i'm playing it on console on stream with all of the lights in my face and the chat to keep me comf- comfortable but like i would never in vr too scary too scary Understandable.
0: I never boot of that kevin you and i love vr Are you gonna <laughs> play this one? <laughs> oh no i'd rather cut my eyes with glass Jesus Christ. Okay, <laughs> And I loved Resident Evil 7 in VR. Like, I played the first four hours uh, in VR and the last four hours non-VR. And this is the way you get me to replay Resident Evil 4. Uh, I know I will be tarred, feathered, and dra- dragged through the streets. By the time I actually sat down and committed to playing RE4, I thought it was overrated. The way people talked about it, like, it just did not hit for me. And the way people are like, it's one of the greatest games of all. It just didn't work. It was a fine game and I enjoyed myself, yada, yada, yada. So anytime somebody talks about porting it or doing it or remastering, I'm like, all right, cool. It's just not for me. That's not the Resident Evil I connect with. But doing it in VR is a guaranteed I'm going to try and hopefully it clicks with me and we go from there. Ah, moving on from there, though. Resident Evil Village's gameplay demo arrives next week for PlayStation owners in early May for all platforms. Uh, While PlayStation 5 owners have already gotten a taste of the Resident Evil Village demo, all platforms will soon be able to try out a gameplay demo that will let players explore both the village and castle portions of the game for one hour. PlayStation owners will have early access to that demo next week, and the village and castle portions will be separated into two days. Each demo will be available to download and play over an eight-hour window, although the game time is limited to 30 minutes for each. Andrea, how do you feel about this? These, uh, hey, we're, we're, you, you gotta get in, you gotta download it. here. It's Destination Game Demos
1: this is capcom throwing playstation a bone as part of their agreement right like they had the exclusive demo and i'm sure playstation's like we want the other one exclusive for x amount of time and capcom's like yo we have all of these other platforms that we sell on we have to make a compromise i think it's fine i was making the joke yesterday when we were doing our watch along that you know once the full demo comes out across all platforms you're just gonna have to download it in multiple places so you can spend all of your time in one demo and all of your time in the other <laughs> demo.
0: I'm doing a pacifist core uh, run here. That's what I'm going to do. Go ahead and do this. <laughs> uh, the, demo ra- ra- la- the demo will arrive on all platforms. PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X/S, Steam, and Google Stadia on May 1 slash 2 when players will have an hour to play both the Village demo and Castle demo. They can choose how they split their time. Remember, you can get it a week early over on the PlayStation if you want to. Uh, the next announcement was Resident Evil Mercenaries, the popular time trial mode that's been around since Resident 3 returns in resident evil village the mode will uh, no, sorry the mode was last seen in resident evil 6 and the idea is to let players compete in high score challenges by racking up kills and collecting time extension bonuses uh it will include new features like power upgrades and weapon shops between rounds then capcom pre- premiered uh, the first trailer of resident evil infinite darkness a new animated movie coming to netflix this july infinite darkness reunites uh, leon kennedy and claire redfield as they, as redfield as they wait for it fend off a zombie outbreak in the white house uh as you may recall leon once rescued the president's daughter ashley graham in resident evil 4 this time he's keeping president graham safe from zombies uh, that's one of the more exciting announcements for me andrea It was certainly
1: the thing Brit was most excited about. Yeah? Um, Yeah, because she hadn't gotten to see that trailer. So she had seen, I think, a couple of other things while she was doing prep with Capcom for the showcase. But the infinite darkness footage she hadn't seen. And so she was very pumped about it. And she gave some good background about, you know, why the White House is pertinent and its history in the Resident Evil franchise. And then, of course, we all just swooned over Leon's hair.
0: As one does. As yeah. one does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a Resident Evil zombie movie in the White House sounds dope, and I'm down for that, so let's go. Uh, and then d- finally, uh, Dead by Daylight is getting a collaboration event with Resident Evil. Uh, Behavior Interactive uh, will reveal the Resident Evil chapter on May 25th during Dead by Daylight's fifth anniversary stream. Uh, the collab chapter will be released in June. So a lot what of stuff. a
1: great partnership. I mean, totally. Dead by Daylight has been crushing it with their licensed partners and all the cool DLC packs and all the killers that you can get. I mean, they have to bring Mr. X in as a killer, right?
0: Sure, yeah. you think so, right? Have him run around there. Uh, yeah, but I mean, man, a jam-packed Resident Evil thing. It's cool how much they're they're doing with Resident Evil and that they're if you're a fan of that, that they're all over it. Uh, I'm looking forward to Village and I'm trying to stay uh, uh, blackout on it. Like, I don't know much about it. No, know there's a big old vampire lady everybody's turned on by, but other than that, I'm like... I'll wait for the game. And Andrea will stay away from it. So. <laughs> Yes. Fair no enough. <laughs> uh Number four is a non-story, but it got steam in the evening, and I just wanted to squash it here so you knew. And maybe <laughs> they're lying. Who knows? Uh, Square Enix says no one's buying Square Enix. <laughs> Last night, as we were all going to bed here in the, on the West Coast, Bloomberg Japan reported that multiple parties are currently and actively looking at acquiring Square Enix. Today, I woke up to the statement from Square Enix. Bloomberg has reported today that there is interest from several buyers to acquire Square Enix. However, this report is not based on any announcement by Square Enix Holdings Co. Ltd., we do not consider selling off the company or any part of the businesses, nor have we received any offer from any third party to acquire the company or any part of its businesses. So, so there's a
1: couple of different ways you can take this. Yeah. So, I think the big thing that people forget sometimes is that Square Enix is a publicly traded company, and that makes it a very different acquisition proposal than, say, the Zenimax. Acquisition that just happened with Microsoft, right? I think also people don't realize that Square has to make this statement because if there's this kind of speculation, it could, you know, affect the stock price of the publicly traded company. And they don't want that to happen unless it's going to go up, obviously. But if that speculation causes it to go down, that's bad. And so I think that they are just putting like a PR patch on this right now, it doesn't mean that nobody's looking. It just means that (laughs) there's not like an offer on the table. But let's be clear. If there was actually an offer on the table, Square wouldn't say anything about it anyway, right? So I think that this is kind of fun to speculate on, particularly because what's different about Square being public is that you can sort of ballpark what the offer might be based off their kind of EBITDA. And for people who aren't familiar with what EBITDA is, it's earnings before interest, tax, and amortization. I and would so do not if know you that. Look at some of their because because they're public, you know they have to have certain earnings reports available to their shareholders, which is public. Thus, all those fun earnings calls where we get to you know figure out what the company is doing, and people like Jeff Grubb listen in, and then we report on it later. Jeff Grubb. Uh, <laughs> So I think that, you know, you got to take all of that into account and think about, you know, what would a sale of Square Enix look like? How would it be different from some of these other massive sales and overall like what their portfolio is? I don't know why they would be looking to sell at this point because they seem to be doing pretty good but the chatter
0: i had seen was and again i'm not the stock guy as many of you know the chatter i had seen was a little bit of a back and forth there and it was like oh yeah this makes sense because uh stocks down after uh avengers underperforming and then somebody responded like their stocks at a five-year high and i was like all right you know what this doesn't sound i'll wait for somebody to summarize this in the morning and it was square <laughs> yeah. to summarized it in the morning and i was like you know what that's good enough for me it's one of those keep your eye on it maybe that's what's happening maybe maybe there you know there is a there is no fire where the smoke is but maybe there is maybe there are i don't know maybe we're going to wake up tomorrow and PlayStation or Xbox has acquired Square Enix and all hell breaks loose
1: oh my gosh honestly like that would be that would be something really wild if PlayStation acquired them i don't think Xbox is in a position to make another acquisition of that level because they square could potentially, arguably, be worth more than ZeniMax. And I still stand by that Microsoft overpaid for ZeniMax. <laughs> um, but, I mean, Square's portfolio is much more diverse than ZeniMax's is. So it's... It's an interesting thing to think about though. To kind it's of, a it's know, an awesome thing to think on.
0: about because you think about that. Daydream for two seconds and you go to the same conclusion. I know you're already there, Andrew. I know you're right there with me. <laughs> PlayStation by Square Enix. Guess what? It finally happens. Parasite Eve by Hideo Kojima. Boom. Done. We got a game. Let's go.
1: Whoa. You know? We never just saw that coming. Units.
0: You know what I mean? It's exactly. Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody does. Me and Blessing, the only smart people in the room. We've seen it coming for what? Two months since we invented the rumor and have continued to push it. So one day, don't worry. Parasite Eve, Hideo Kojima, You'll see. Okay, (laughs) Okay. number five on the Roper report Uh, IO Interactive has announced IO Barcelona. This is a press release from them. The newly established studio will be known as IOI Barcelona and Jones. IOI Copenhagen and IOI Malmo uh, as the third studio to work on our award-winning property or proprietary, sorry, Glacier technology on all ongoing projects and universes. Hitman Project 007 and an unannounced new IP. All three of the IO Interactive Studios are treated as elite studios, elite capitalists, and will each make a significant impact to ongoing development and publishing efforts across all projects. IOI Barcelona will be located in the city center, and the core team is already in place. They will focus on establishing a studio culture and environment that will attract top talent from around the world to help us achieve our ambitious goals over the next few years and beyond. Beyond. Establishing IOI Barcelona is an integral part of IO Interactive's plans for the coming years. With more to come from the Hitman universe, developing and publishing the first James Bond origin story, and a brand new IP and active development, the future for IO Interactive is as exciting as it has ever been. Andrea Renee,
1: I think this is great news. They obviously crushed it with Hitman 3. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with Project 007. And if they're working on a new IP, awesome. Congrats to them. You know, this is great. It means more video game jobs and it means the economy of Video Games is growing. 100%.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the takeaway from it, right? You know, when IO left Square, as we were talking about them, right, and went off and started doing its own thing and they gave them Hitman, it was this conversation of like, oh, that's rad. I wonder if they can get out there and they can hack it and they seem more successful than ever. And obviously, stoked for Project 007, whatever that looks like and whatever this new IP is, so... Exactly. More studios, more people, more jobs. That's great, Andrea. Yeah. Were you a Hitman? Did you? I wasn't a Hitman three person. Were you a Hitman three person? Anybody? What's good at Hitman's three person?
1: So I played um, a decent amount of it, but my thing is I just don't have the patience mm. for what Hitman was created for. I really just want to run in and like pew 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 and pop like, pop pop and get out of there. Exactly. <laughs> He's dead. I won,
0: right? Game over. Mm.
1: And for me, I just so, I was so meticulous with the way I approached some of those levels that it just took me forever. Because if I screwed up in any one way, I'd have to like go back. And obviously, they have a very generous save point system in that game. Thank you, yeah. Io. But it still was just like, it got to the point where I just like lost patience with being able to accomplish things in the story fast enough. But I thought that the game was really well done
0: yeah oh of course yeah it's just yeah I'm right there with you where I played I think the first three chapters and I was like all right yeah it's still not my jam I love that people love it I get all the love that's gone into it and I love IO Interactive I always had nice interactions with them and their developers but cool I'll leave it to Blessing to play this all the time (laughs) yeah but Andrea speaking of a game I know you're gonna play all the time and I know I'm gonna play all the time Mass Effect Legendary Edition will have a photo mode Kevin there's a link here please throw it up. This is one of those, like, it's not a news story. It's more of me and Andrea get to nerd out about this of like, (laughs) look at this photo mode. Andrea, oh my God. How excited for Mass Effect Legendary Edition are you?
1: I'm like beyond pumped. I think that I have kind of lost sight of the fact that we're now one month, less than one month, actually, away from the launch of this. And... I'm so ready to sink my teeth back into this franchise. Obviously, people who follow me know this is one of my favorite franchises of all time. And everything I've seen so far from Bioware just makes me more and more excited to go back and play. And I think one of the things that's also really exciting for me is just listening to people from our community talk about how excited they are to play it for the Mm, first mm. time. Because there's a surprising amount of people it's ridiculous. Played Blessings and never
0: I, played it. It's ridiculous.
1: Well, he's a young he's a young person, so I don't blame him as much as people our our age and older who were in the thick of video games and kind of you know more critically acclaimed games, not just the real popular stuff back when Mass Effect came out. But sure. um, I just love this series, and we're really pumped about about playing it. And I'm definitely going to play all three. Probably not going to change any of the decisions I made. I'm just going to do right, the exact same Right, that's the thing about it. It's run. like <laughs> it's
0: been long enough that like I, I, you know, I was always paragon, so I don't know, like I don't remember like my you know decisions, but I imagine I'm just going to make the same choices and the same <laughs> responsibilities as I go through and do it. But my, for me, it's more, and I know we're a different class of Mass Effect fans. Like I know how huge on Mass Effect you are. Uh, you know, for me, I fell off of Mass Effect One, then Mass Effect Two's like Suicide Mission uh, story got me and I was all in and then played through three. So I'm interested to see personally, if I will stick with Me one all the way through. And then also if I actually see the games through and how long it takes me, because I do feel like I'm excited to do it. But anytime I go back to a game I've played before, it means that if a new shiny thing comes through, I'm usually pulled away from it. And I don't know Mm. how much I'll be able to commit to going through the entire trilogy and, and hacking at it again, but I'm excited to see.
1: Well, thankfully there's not a ton of stuff. That's really big and shiny. That are immediately exactly. in the wake of yeah. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I think maybe the one that's closest is. Pro- I was going to say Ratchet and Clank, but didn't that get that's pushed June to September now. or is it was it September or, it June? or is it June? I thought it was. I can't remember which one it is. This is chat. The let me. slash. you wrong. Moment. Um, it's one of those. But that thing to me, that is like, was the biggest game. I mean, after Mass June. Effect. It's June, that I, yeah. That I was like, this would be the game that would pull me away from my like 200-hour Mass Effect playthrough. That's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I also could potentially get it finished before then. The thing about Mass Effect with the, all of the side missions and the side quests, it's not like your typical RPG where a lot of that stuff is really disposable and you play it just to get additional context for the world or just because it's fun to play some of these side missions in fact most of them are like very integral to your overall success in the final missions of the game with your squad mates and if you Mm. don't do them you know, you never know if we yeah. that, that suicide mission.
0: Exactly, right? Yeah, looking at the calendar here in front of me on uh, our kind of funny one. Yeah, Resident Evil the week before, right? So, And I know you're skipping that, so that's easy for you. No, then, I'll
1: probably play that, but that's a short experience. Resident Evil sure. games aren't long, right?
0: Sure, unless you're Brit and you play it nonstop, backwards and forwards, sure. and do everything, the tofu run and all this uh, Death loop got pushed, obviously. don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, Mario Golf in June, and then, yeah, like we're talking about Ratchet and Clank in June. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm not like giving myself an out. Like I'm excited for it. I want to start. I want to you know roll a new femship and get out there. But we'll see. We'll see.
1: Do it, Greg. Do it,
0: Andrea. I'm gonna do it. Just like you should do. Going to Patreon.com/slash kind of (laughs) funny games and supporting us over there, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, you can write it to be part of the show. You can get the show with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday. And of course, you could get the show ad free. But guess what, Jack? You're not on patreon.com slash kind of funny game. So let me tell you about our sponsors. First up is purple mattress. As the world becomes increasingly uncomfortable, we're all looking for as much comfort as we can get. The one thing you can always count on is how comfortable your purple mattress is. That's because purple is comfort reinvented. Only purple has the grid, a stretchy gel material that's amazingly supportive for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders, neck and hips. I don't know how it does it. It's just fantastic. Because of how it's designed, the grid doesn't trap air. Air actually circulates and flows through it, so you'll never overheat. The grid bounces back as you move and shift, unlike memory foam, which remembers everything. That's why memory foam has craters and divots. Kind of Funny loves Purple Mattresses. Joey Noel sleeps like a baby on the one she has, and she says it's nice and soft. And right now, you can try Purple Mattress risk-free with free shipping and returns. Financing is available, too. Purple really is comfort in an uncomfortable world. Right now, you can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash games10 and use promo code GAMES10. That's purple.com slash games10. Promo code GAMES10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash games10. Promo code GAMES10. Terms apply. Our next sponsor is Burrow. Finding new furniture is always a hassle, whether it's finding what's right, getting it delivered, or the setup itself. Uh, Most of us haven't found our forever home, which makes buying furniture a double-edged sword. You're either buying something very cheap, a cheap futon that's just going to be left out on the curb someday, or you're investing in an expensive sofa that might last forever but definitely becomes a pain in the butt when it's time to move. You'd think someone would have figured out how to create quality furniture built for the way we actually live wherever we live. Well, someone has Burrow. Burrow makes it easy to shop for everything you need for your living room online. No far-flung warehouses, no high-pressure salespeople. Plus, Burrow's world-class support team is available for you whenever you need them burrow's innovative modular design and super helpful instructions make assembling and disassembling your furniture quick and hassle-free and when it's time to move your burrow furniture won't hold you back their credenzas are actually tall enough to fit next-gen consoles standing vertically their award-winning nomad sofa has a built-in usb charger for all day power and tim gettys uses his all the time burrow saves you an average of 100 dollars on large items like a couch and a logistics headache Right now, you can get $75 off your first order at Burrow.com slash games. That's Burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash games for $75 off your first Burrow purchase. Burrow.com slash games game. Andrea in the chat, Organic Produce says, what the hell is a credenza? A
1: credenza? It's a piece uh-huh. of furniture.
0: Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a piece of furniture like,
1: where you store things like fancy yeah, china. Uh,
0: entertainment center, I think, would be one. You know what I mean? That's where they're talking about credenzas, or you could put you like us gamer people can put our consoles in and stuff. Yeah, like it's yeah. A, you know not it's a, it's a dresser, but not for clothes. You know, you put one of those big wood things there, and you open the doors, you're pulling things out, you're doing stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh, here, Kevin threw like one that. up. There it is. There you just googled credenza. <laughs> See, that's what it look like. Entertainment centers, whatever you want to call.
1: Them. Yeah, exactly. Andrew, I'm excited
0: to see what burrow credenza I get sent one day when I guess I order one. Uh, But that day is so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the Mom and Grop shops. Where would I go?
1: You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games daily show hosts each and every weekday.
0: Outrun 6017 says it's French for TV stand. <laughs> 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 Out today, Tribal Pass on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and Switch. Super Meat Boy Forever on Xbox One. Battle Axe on Switch. Uh, Driving World Nordic Challenge on Switch. Colorfall on Switch. Rock and Racing Bundle three and one on Switch. Heel Console Edition on Switch. Snowball Connections Bubble. Oh, I'm sorry. Snowball Collections bubble on Switch. Emily is away three on PC and Mac. We could not be more excited. Of course, our, our Emily is away and Emily is away two. Drunk Let's Plays are the stuff of Legend. It kind of funny. Tim and I can <laughs> confirm we are doing a wasted Let's Play of Emily is away three. But because of scheduling, it's going to be a few weeks out and maybe live on Twitch. But, you know, you'll have to wait and see. And then uh, Ride 4 is now available on Amazon Luna. New dates for you. Genshin Impact is coming to PlayStation 5 finally april 28th and people are excited andrea one of the benefits of course of going to patreon.com slash kind of funny games is getting to write in for a segment we call reader mail of course every new year coming they had questions for you jordan lee roan asked the big one hey guys andrea congratulations on your news my wife and i are due to have a baby girl in august and my question is what are your plans for gaming with a young baby in the house how do you plan to make time for it this has got to be a concern
1: It absolutely is. But first off, thank you so much, Jordan. And congratulations to you and your partner as well. I honestly haven't made a plan yet. I've been a little preoccupied with not dying, Uh, not dying. Yes. Other things. Um, I think, you know, the idea is to to schedule it like anything else. Like we talk about all the time we get asked constantly how do you balance you know your work and your video games or your, your work and your personal life and one of the things that i like to recommend is scheduling personal things in your calendar to actually like commit mm, them there mm, and mm. to make sure you don't block over them you can't really do that with a newborn Unfortunately. Uh, sorry, this is
0: mommy's time. <laughs> Mass Effect Legendary Edition, right now. Um, I
1: have put this ninety minutes to go through my Animal Crossing Island you just need to just go back to sleep. Um, so it doesn't really work that way at all. But I think what's great about systems like the Switch is that you know it's portable, and mm. you know I can play, pick up, and play it on the go. It's tough for me is that some of the games that I play are not really conducive to. Uh, just short sessions, or they're always on games. Like, I obviously love Destiny, as everybody knows, yeah. but you can't pause that game. So if you're in the middle of something, you just got to quit out of it, you know? I vividly remember when my sister had her first, my nephew, she and I would be playing games of Paragon with people. So a, a MOBA for people who are unfamiliar with Paragon. I played a Rest lot. Yes. Rest in peace. I play a lot of Paragon. And that's a game where you actually get penalized if you AFK. And like most MOBAs, because it's a squad based game, and then they don't match make somebody in with you because of the way that the leveling goes throughout the match. And but there would be times where she would just be like, I'm sorry, I have to go. AF- I have to go AFK. And she would just walk away because <laughs> she had to go take care of her child and like that were, just...
0: you, were you sympathetic at the time or you're like come
1: on well i mean obviously we were sympathetic but we were also frustrated because if you're like in the throes of like the final stages of a match that you've been playing for an hour and somebody goes afk as you're like trying to take the final inhibitors it's rough (laughs) chuckles but i mean what are you gonna do you know like tell her like how dare you like let your child like fall and hurt themselves or whatever no it's kids gotta learn you gotta take care of your kids so i mean they do have to learn but when they're very when they're very (laughs) little greg Greg, why you you know you you gotta take care of them they can't take care of themselves
0: i'm just saying that's the way i learned kevin you know what i mean yes and you came out perfect (laughs) <laughs> nah, that's not how I learned either. I was, you know, I cried. You say People your mom just
1: frequently left you to fend for yourself while you were, like, in need of... I'm just saying maybe resistance. she should
0: have. Kevin will admit, I'm I'm soft. I could have yeah, been tough. Soft. You know what I mean? I yep. could have known something. I could have known how to survive in this world. but here I am, <laughs> Not knowing how to do anything. Oh, come on. Um, yeah. Let's get a, a gaming question in here. All right, Ignacio Rojas writes in to patreon.com slash games and says, What's good, Greg and Andrea, are the acquisition wars approaching? I'm exaggerating a bit, of course, but it does feel like we're seeing more and more consolidation in the games industry. Bethesda's acquisition of course is the biggest example, but I feel like nowadays we're starting to see more stories about studio acquisitions, Gearbox emerging with the Embracer Group, Embracer Group continuing to buy more studios, EA buying Codemasters, rumors are that Microsoft are still planning on buying more studios, and now we're hearing the rumors that have been proven fake maybe about Square Enix being for sale. Will we see Sony and Nintendo start buying new studios in order to keep up with the competition? Who do you think will be the next big studio? Anyway thanks and keep being awesome. And Andrea, I wish you and John the best with the baby. Hashtag Andrea Renee Strong.
1: Thanks, Ignacio. Um, Just as a reminder, by the way, that t-shirt is still for sale with benefits, uh, with proceeds benefiting Planned Parenthood. So if you guys saw that Andrea Strong shirt that Greg and Jen were wearing, thank you so much for the support, friend. Um, And you want to get one, they are for sale at andreastrong.net. And again, all of the proceeds are going to Planned Parenthood. But In regards to Ignacio's question, I think that these acquisitions can sometimes be seen as a negative thing because of the consolidation of ownership, but I would encourage you to potentially see the other side of the ability of studios to keep their doors open and to keep people employed and to keep making games in a way that they might not have been able to if they hadn't been acquired. Sure. Downsizing and layoffs are very frequent in the video game business, as we're all very sadly aware. And I think that these companies merging together makes them more financially stable and allows them to keep making games and hopefully taking some creative risks. And there is no shortage of independent game studios, really kind of, I think, fulfilling that other side of the industry saying, well, we still want that. Free spirited, independent voice. We don't want everybody to be under one umbrella and have like this conglomeration effect. And I think that we're not really seeing that in video games as much as we are in other kinds of media, like television or even print media, for example. Like the consolidation there is getting really troublesome. Um, but in video games, I think there's still like a lot of diversity, which I think is great. And you're also seeing studios like Bungie who are breaking away from their publishing partners, or even studios like we talked about earlier, IO Interactive. Saying, "Hey, we're going to go our own way and be successful," and I think that that is really encouraging.
0: Yeah, I think you know, are the acquisition wars approaching? No, I think they're already here. Like, and I don't, and it's exaggerating. I think in terms of what that actually means and is that a horrible thing? It's happening though. When you list this, you know, latest uh, things, and whenever I, to your point, Andrea, whenever I, I think about. Uh, Microsoft buying a studio right I I always go to Double Fine and Tim and the team have always been very honest about how you know like oh man we were close to being out of business until you know Broken Age and the Kickstarter hit or this that and the other like like that game developers and people who go off to create games want to create games and they don't want to worry about the financials and HR and uh, the litany of other things that come with running a business and you know you and I both know that Andrea like just for our small small businesses the little things that constantly stop you from sitting there and getting to play a game let alone getting there to sit there and create a game at work and so yeah, that's why I think you see people uh, getting bought up in certain d- degrees and going somewhere and it's to let the teams actually make games. And sometimes like, you know, Gearbox, I don't think it was hurting for money. I didn't look at their books, but Borderlands 3 was successful and obviously they have a million different deals and things going on. But there is that part of it of just get that off of you, get that off of that, get that yoke off your neck to go do something else. And so I don't know, you know, it's interesting you were talking about the Square Enix stuff today, Andrea, and you're like, you know, you don't know if Xbox has it in them to do something that big again, and I wonder how much of... PlayStation is looking at the the studios that are still out there and feeling the same way like do they need to worry about a blue point being snapped up do they need to worry about a house mark being snapped up and if the answer is no for the most part then they're incredibly happy with the relationship they already have with these studios right like it's what we've seen in terms of you know you were talking about layoffs and all these things that are come with the video game industry and while still prevalent I think they were so much more frequent when we still had that double a space of video games where smaller teams would ramp up to get the game ready for launch they'd launch the game and then they'd lay off the contractors they had and it was a very uh, turbulent industry whereas now having indies and having triple a and having this space in the center if you're in the center you'd find yourself being drawn to these deals i think you see of okay cool we're housemarking we'll make this game for playstation because it will make sure we have enough money to make this game and keep everybody around and, and make something cool
1: Absolutely, and I think what I'm really interested to see how it plays out is does middleware make a comeback with some of these acquisitions, like Embracer Group, right? Embracer has bought oh, yes. so many <laughs> studios and just under THQ Nordic alone, the amount of IPs that would probably be qualified as double A games. I think that that's a good thing to bring those games back into the market because the gaming audience is more diverse than it has ever been. And I think the more types of experiences we can get, the better. The more creative yeah. voices we get, the better. But as we have been saying, the only way you can do that is if it isn't a big financial risk. So you either have these really small teams taking on very limited risk or you have these giant teams taking on very calculated, expensive risk. And to me, like we need to have something in between. Right. And I think that's what we're getting with these acquisitions. So. I don't, I'm with you that I don't think that there's going to be like a war of sorts because there's really just quite honestly, not that many people with that much money. Right. <laughs> um, and PlayStation is just in a very different place being part of Sony global than is being part of Microsoft global, like their market caps are very different. <laughs> um, so I don't anticipate Sony making a big acquisition play after they just spent a ton of money buying Insomniac. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, it we might it might be a while before Sony comes out and says we made a giant acquisition, but they might buy something like housemark size. You never know.
0: But it's also that thing of just like, I think it, I think Sony's made it, and I know Jim Ryan's made comments lately like, oh, of course the doors are open to still acquiring things and yada, yada, yada. I still think Sony's happy with this second party, even though they don't call it second party anymore relationship, where it can be that we've partnered with you for an exclusive for PlayStation. We're making this thing happen that way. And that way they don't have to take on all the overhead of the studio, but for a smaller team, they're able to make money. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, everybody. Is the uh, acquisition wars big begun they have or whatever. Kevin, I'm bad at Yoda. I don't <laughs> know how to do Yoda. I tried. I'm sorry for you it's time to squad up ladies and gentlemen this is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games give me your name username and platform of choice we read it here the best friends come and find you and everybody plays video games together today keenan delaney needs help uh keenan is on playstation 5 and the psn is mantis md94 all one word mantis md94 i'm currently addicted to outriders and i'm going for the platinum come hunt legendaries with me in the expeditions if you want to hunt legendaries in the expeditions with mantis md94 drop that request over on the playstation or I guess you could. if you're playing on another platform, you could PSN message him, hey, what's your Twitter? And then every time he went live, he could tweet out a cross-game code, and then you could play together that way. Andrea, yeah. we asked people watching live on twitch.tv slash Games to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe. Uh, Our new progress sets me straight. The new Nintendo Switch is reportedly using NVIDIA's DLSS tech to push updated graphics. Thank you. That was what I was looking for. Um, Danny Berg says, The PlayStation Village demo actually arrives this weekend on April 17th. Next week is the castle portion of the demo on the 24th. Thank you. Uh, Gabe Hewitt says in regards to a credenza according to Wikipedia originally in Latin the name of the name meant belief or trust uh, in the 16th century the act of credenza was the tasting of food and drinks by a servant for a lord or other important person in order to test for poison the name may have been passed to the room then to the room where the act took place then to the furniture <laughs> words are stupid that was, <laughs> it was unnecessary I was just gonna say like I also don't know that it got us where we needed to get. You know, there was a food that had a person in a building in a room and a thing and then, it's, right, and then it holds we, up my TV now. Kev. Yeah, see, you see what I mean? It holds up your TV now. I'm not
1: Ladies saying and this gentlemen, kid this is this uh, time, but. Where this is, is <laughs> your TV, by the way.:
0: My TV?: It died. See, we put up uh, the flowers here and <laughs> Mo- no, no I, we're moving <laughs> this weekend. We're moving, Andrea, so stuff oh, has already yeah, started to make it. It's
1: packing stuff, so congrats. That's Thank fun you, yes. and exciting.
0: Exactly. There's a million things going on over there. But yeah, the TV has already made its way over there and piece by piece, everything will. As soon as I have I have this show, then I need to run and do an errand. Then I'm doing kind of funny podcast and then one more recording and then I'm tearing down the setup here to move to an actual setup in the new place that will be a nice area and not my living room that I have the direct sunlight. I have a Amazon box block of the sun right now. I'm very excited because we've had you know, a pandemic. Oh, I can sit on the floor for two weeks and then, man, I tell you what, it kept going. Uh, but speaking of all that, Gregway, uh, of course, this is Friday, your final <laughs> episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily for this week. Of course, this episode isn't over. There'll be a post show Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. But to run you through the host for next week, let's get into it. Like I said, I'm moving. I'm taking the entire week off to settle into the new house, uh, which means Monday you'll have Blessing and Tim. Tuesday. Paris Lily and Gary Witta Paris leading his first episode of the kind of funny games daily Ooh, podcast we're nice. excited for that uh, Wednesday it's a homecoming of sorts I, I booked Andrea for this Friday and I was like you know what Wednesday it's blessing in Danny O'Dwyer uh,
1: oh that guy
0: the, the Irish rogue back uh, Thursday it's going to be Tim and Fran and then Friday I believe it's going to be Tim and Fran again Fran of course doesn't wake up till 2 p.m. and I forgot until right now that I had hit up Imran trying to book him for Friday but he couldn't do it so we're probably just going to double up on Fran there so we'll We'll see what happens. Fran sleeps, though. He's sleepy. Kevin, he's a sleepy man.
1: Can you update then the doc so I can add that to the thing?
0: Can you just do it while I say goodbye to the show and then, <laughs> you know, do the, do, do the thing? Because no, it's just copying right from everything I just said. You could have been doing it as yeah. I went. Here, I can do I'm it. Definitely delete, Greg, on. and put Paris, and then delete so Blessing and just put yes, you know I mean? like, Danny O'Dwyer. Oh, no, yeah, it's, it's, fine. it's fine. Are going to hear it? It's fine. Thursday, what did I say? for Thursday? Oh, to these kids' names. Like, there's Damn no man. way I got I'm doing D-W- it right here for you. It's happening. D-W-Y. It's happening right here. I'm, but I'm telling you, like, it just like there's no way I was gonna get that right. Dwy? Like, what that's not. If a- you're watching, ladies and gentlemen, on <laughs> twitch.tv slash kinda funny games, there's more programming from for you. Uh Snowbike Mike is doing something in the afternoon. I don't know what. I've asked him to please start putting them on the calendar and he hasn't. I don't know what it is. Uh he's doing something, he's playing games. Community streams. But, well, we sure could ask
1: him. Fun. I see him, in, I see him in Discord.
0: I'll drag him over. Mike, it's Greg Miller. You're on Kind of Funny Games Daily. What are you streaming in a second? Hey, Greg Miller. I'm going to play Mario Kart with all of the best friends around the globe to see who's the fastest of them all. But more importantly, hey, Andrea, Renee, has anybody told you how incredible you are today? Because you are my number one. I freaking love you, Andrea.
1: Thanks, Mike. I that you're
0: great.
1: (laughs) We were just talking about Mario Kart and how it's on the top of the sales chart yet again.
0: It's hard to believe that this game continues to have such long lasting selling legs, but you know what? It's a blast to play, and everybody that has a Switch should have Mario Kart, plain and simple. I think they do at this point.
1: (laughs) Who's your main?
0: Who's my main? I like these little weird Bowser kids, and I like the one with the uh, multi, yeah, the multicolored colored um, mohawk is who I play as.
1: Okay, okay. Interesting.
0: It really shows off my personality. Like, I'm wild, I'm fun, and like, I'm just here to have a good time. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm doing
1: we love it mike we love it
0: (laughs) you're the best everybody i'm playing mario kart i'll see you all soon oh ladies (laughs) and gentlemen if you want to see uh mike play mario kart and you're missing it live no big deal you can go to the new youtube channel youtube.com slash kind of funny plays you can subscribe like share hit the notification bell and catch every one of our twitch streams uploaded there after the fact andrea like i said your time's not done we got a post show over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games but if people weren't following us over there where can they keep up with you
1: the easiest way to find all of the things that I'm working on is on Twitter at Andrea Renee. Of course, you can find our podcast, What's Good Games, everywhere you listen to Kinda Funny Games daily, whether it's your favorite podcast app on roosterteeth.com over at youtube.com slash what's good games. Basically, if you're subscribed to KFGD, you should also be subscribed to what's good games.
0: Agreed. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a post show to do patreon.com slash kind of funny games. But until next time, no. It's been our pleasure to serve you.